As the 21st century automotive world evolves and new electric vehicle technologies are introduced, new leaders will emerge on the landscape. The EV Power Podcast by RPM News takes you behind the headlines as your guide to this new generation of sustainable transportation. Hey everyone, welcome to the EV Power Podcast. My name is Peter. With me as always is RPM News Weekly co-founder Rich Tabor. Hey Peter, how's it going? Good, good. A lot of EV news out there today. Uh, as usual, you know, the, the EV market moves pretty quick. Probably get into a little bit of uh, talking about the Kia EV6 GT. That's what I was in last week. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a great car. I mean, it, it's a great all-around EV, you know, uh, even if it's not in the GT. I have the GT trim, but, you know, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about a couple of news headlines. You know, one of the big stories floating around, of course, is Everyone's moving to adopt the Tesla charging standard. Oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, Ford, I think, was the first, and then GM followed right behind. And, and you knew at that point it was inevitable that everyone's probably going to jump in on the, the bandwagon there. So if you want to get things kicked off, let's uh, get into that. Well, it makes a lot of sense. There are so many of the Tesla-style um, charge stations around the country already you know, the infrastructure was built up pretty quickly by Tesla. So now having access, uh, uh, that particular port, it's called the North American Charging Standard. It's the NACS. Uh, right now, a lot of the vehicles, non-Tesla vehicles, are using uh, CCS, which has become very popular. There's, there's still a few others out there with other uh, type of charging systems, but that's generally what, what's been happening. So now uh, these manufacturers are going to be making the setting dates for when they're going to be uh, starting to use that particular charging port on their vehicles generally it's uh, you know either late in 2024 or, or in 2025 uh, so the question comes up is uh, what are we going to do with the cars that are out there with the CCS charges and uh, they're planning to use an adapter that would allow you to uh, plug into your vehicle if it's got a CCS type which is the combined charging system, and uh, and then connect up to a, a Tesla charging port. You know, and push back a little bit on what you just said. You, you know, you mentioned that Tesla built up pretty quickly, but reality is they 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 really they've been building Tesla chargers for over ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the chargers coming up before the cars were on the ground, so to speak, before the the Model S anyway. And it's and it's like at that point, people were like, why are they building this network? Like, what, what is this? You know, you, critics would come out and blast Tesla for wasting billions of dollars putting superchargers on, you know, routes that nobody used, you know, at that point in time. And, and very calculated on, on they knew that the cars had to have charging. Otherwise, they were going to bomb. So, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit for foresight on that because they basically scooped up all the best locations, <laughs> you know. Up here, you you've got the where I am in New Hampshire. You have the the two rest stops, the two biggest rest stops on Route 93. They have Tesla chargers and no other EV charge, which never really made any sense to me. But you know, they were there first, right? And they and they were smart enough to put in multiple chargers. Usually, you don't see just one or two Teslas. You see a whole, I'll say, battery of them. To pardon the, the double expression there, but uh, you know, you'll you'll have six or maybe eight of them set up. You know, I mean, take take a look yeah. at you know, head down the New Jersey Turnpike. You know, um, virtually every those one of those rest stops has Tesla charges, but you can't say that about other charges. So this kind of uh, it broadens the network for everybody, and I can think it now. 
it's not just about leveling the playing field between Tesla and everyone else. It just it broadens the network, and um, I think that it it makes perfect sense that that's a, a the way to go. And I think in particular, calling it the you know North American Charging Standard, it sort of takes away that that sense of like oh we're you know favoring a particular type of a particular manufacturer, um, it creates a standard. Right. And I'm thinking too is is that um, you know in some of the language in the press releases, particularly two that um, I was focused on this week, from one from Honda, which was out actually in September, and then uh, earlier this month, um, Hyundai uh, put out a press release about their uh, adoption of the um, NACS standard. And uh, you know some of the language it sounded like it was more than just you know getting the electricity which it probably is, it probably has a lot to do with being able to connect into um, Tesla's network whereby you know, the information about what car is being accessed and how, what its capabilities are as far as how fast you can charge it, which are all important factors in, in charging the vehicle. Um, you know, because, uh, for example, Honda is saying that uh, uh, they'll be using that standard on um, EV models starting from 2025, um, and then um, it says that it will be continuing to adopt uh, the, the standard for its models later on. Uh, but up uh, up until then, for those cars that uh, uh, don't have the, the the new charging standard, they'll be able to. Um, they're they're saying that the, the language of unit is being developed to be compatible with the NACS, uh, so you know the CCS uh, vehicles that they have out, which. Interestingly, it's uh, the new prologue that they're talking about. Apparently, we'll have a CCS charging system, um, which, you know, it, it seems peculiar. You know, that it is, they're talking about a new um, type of port and then using an older style. Or the, the, the right, so it's going to be like a one-year-only thing because it's debuting as a 24 model year. So if they're right. changing models after 25, whether they mean model year or actually the year, I don't think they were very specific on that. Uh, if it's model year 25, then there won't be a lot of these with the CCS standard on them. Right. Uh, and I think it affects the Acura ZDX as well. Um, you know, that the 2024 models of the Prologue, which is not out yet, um, and the Acura ZDX will be equipped with a CCS type of system. Um, and, and similarly with um, the Hyundai vehicles and, and the Kia, uh, Kia is part of this network uh, as one of the uh, you know first adopters of this network. Uh, BMW is in there, GM, General Motors, Honda, Hyundai. Of course, we just talked about those. Kia, Mercedes-Benz, Stellantis, which represents you know all of the George and Jeep, Chrysler brands, um, plus some of the other uh, more European-focused brands. So, but this is all for North America. This is the standard is, uh, you know, as a North American standard. Although, you know, the, the cars yeah. that, are, that are European made that are coming in uh, to be sold in North America. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's pretty fascinating. And, and I think it's a great step. Uh, you know, no one likes to be out there kind of wondering where they're going to find the next charging station or if they do, whether it's going to be a, um, a level two or if it's going to be a fast charger. Uh, now, now we know what we got. Besides location, the other thing that's really nice about being able to just plug into a Tesla charger is you don't have to fuss with the screens. 
I mean, if that's that's one of the things that makes the Tesla network the most reliable is you don't have to interface with it. There's no screen. There's no buttons. It's just a, you know, a plug. You plug it in the car. You know, the, the, the charging network recognizes the car. The car talks to the charging network and everything happens. You get billed on your phone. You get billed on your app. Like, that's one of the biggest pains in the butt with going to these charging locations is the screens are always broken. Mm. You know, you, you plug in, it's like, hey, plug in. Oh, we can't, you know, and then it's like, oh, sorry, it's not working. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. so there's no answer. It's just like uh, not having to, not having to do any financial transactions on some shady, uh, uh, you know, charger in the middle of nowhere is, is a huge benefit. And, you know, it's always worked great for Tesla and, and, and they're integrating that, you know, have to integrate that in Honda and, and all these different apps. But all these auto manufacturers, they want you to go to apps anyway. They, they all want you to have an app. Like, for example, Mazda, if you get a Mazda with a remote start, you have to get the app. You can't, sure. you have to sign up for the Mazda app. Otherwise, you can't use the remote start, which as people who test these things, for us, it's a little bit of a negative because I'm not downloading 45 apps. You know, there's 40 <laughs> brands out there. I'm not downloading 40 apps to, uh, right. to use these cars. You know, it is like I'm driving the Mercedes and it's like, oh, download the app. Yeah, it's true. And for us, uh, you know, sometimes too, it's is that you you need to be the owner of the vehicle, so to speak. You know, so you, you go to use the app and you have to, you know, pretend that you're the owner. And of course, if the vehicle is going from owner, from temporary owner to owner to owner, it just the system just doesn't doesn't recognize that doesn't ha handle that very well. Yeah, it's not made for that, and and it's a, it's a, obviously a, a pretty not a very common issue because not everybody's jumping from car to car. Although people do rent cars all the time, I suppose that's the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other the other thing with with you know this whole thing coming together and finally these the biggest problem with electric cars is electric charging. I mean, there's no nice way to say it. The 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 charging systems are just they're not well maintained. They're just not working. Not where I am, anyway. If you live in California and listen to this, and you've got a thousand different options around you in a small space, then you'd probably think, well, it works good for me. But yeah. where I am, you know, yeah. for some reason, they're still not developing charging stations up here. The only one who is is Tesla. I can go to five different Tesla charges within 20 minutes. I mean, literally five different, you know. But there's there's one DC fast charger, and it's it's 50, it's 45 minutes away from me, about wow. 50, depending on traffic. Oh, and you're, we'll get into that with EV6, but uh, it's part of my EV6 story. <laughs> and you're up but, uh, in New Hampshire, you know, up, up in a little bit more of a remote area of New Hampshire, but you're not in Wyoming or something, you know, and I can imagine it must right. be even more I, difficult exactly. in Wyoming, you know. Um, it, but uh, the thing is, I, I'm close to the Lakes region, and where I am, it's it's close to the Vermont border. You know, if you're going up to St. Johnsbury or White River uh, Junction, you know, I, I'm close to that in some ways. So I'm close to 89 and 93. I'm sort of in the V of those two routes. They both go north. One kind of veers off to the west. One goes straight up to Canada. And and it's, I still have to drive south. Before, like I, I'm in the, the the lakes region almost, so I'm in one of the most popular tourist areas. Route 93. If you've ever been in New Hampshire, Route 93 goes straight up, straight up the middle. So it's your access to almost everything, you know, unless you're going to the sea coast. So you got to go if you're going to the White Mountains. Usually you take 93, depending on where you come from. You go to the lakes region, which is like Winnipesaukee and all, you know, uh, Laconia and all that. I'm right there at that doorway, and you think that there would be more charging, but there just isn't. So I'm, I'm looking forward to be able to, if I get a Kia, pull up to the, the Tesla charging network and just plug the thing in and hopefully it works. 
you know, it, and then the other thing is, uh, one of the problems though is is you know the, that another problem with charging electric vehicles that this the whole you know, using the Tesla plug, which is kind of overlooked, is that the 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 CCS plug is so clumsy. It's just it's clunky. It's 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 big. It never clicks in right. You got to kind of wiggle it in. The hose weighs a thousand pounds. You know, I just don't see somebody who's you know smaller or, or you know trying to work these these things all the time. So the, the the Tesla plug is very elegant. It's just like a it's like the size of what a, a curling iron. You know, you you just plug mm. it in and it's yeah. You know, although well, there I is do a... see an issue with using adapters. Oh, sorry, let me just finish. Say Hyundai opens up, or even the Honda Prologue. Say the Prologue is now can use the Tesla network. The early versions are going to have a CCS plug, so you're probably going to have to use an adapter that plugs into that space. So I guess I don't know how that's going to right. work well, out if the Honda is going to well, provide them or if they're going to sell them. Right, and and I wonder if if they'll make it so that you can plug the adapter in and just leave it in and close the the, the lid, or whether there won't be enough space for that. The other thing too, though, there is some, there is a little bit of a hang-up with with the Tesla charges that because they're Tesla designed the the charges and the vehicles to kind of be very simpatico, so the length mm. of the cord and everything and where the the charge port on the vehicle is 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 uh, uh, an, an easy reach within the to uh, to park and get get it plugged in, but with the ver- diversity of, of charging port locations with all the other ma- manufacturers, there's some, and, and I guess some of the bigger vehicles, from what I understand, there's some difficulty parking them in a single space. Um, you know, if you have the charge port up the middle of the car, let's say somewhere, um, backing in or going in front, either way, you, the the cable might not reach. You have to end up straddling several different chargers to get yours charged in, char- uh, plugged in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there is there'll be some hurdles, uh, and you know maybe that'll be overcome eventually. Is you know they might realize that they need to put a little bit of a longer cord, um, you know, or, or yeah, and, and, and other things may surface. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're putting longer cords. It it is an issue. Uh, you know, it's always been an, it's always been a stupid thing with cars, where some manufacturers kind of a, it's a kind of a country thing, but they'll put the gas door on the left. And the gas door or the gas door on the right, like Europeans, I think they like it on the right. Americans like it on the left, you know, so it's always this, it's always been this stupid, confusing thing. When you go to a gas station, you got to have a little, you know, arrow on the gas gauge to tell you, what, you know, to remind you where your thing is. Or mm-hmm. you always see people have to turn around like I've done it where you go in. Because when we switch from cars to cars, I'll pull up, I'll go set up the pump and I'll turn around and the car, the gas door. It's like, oh, crap, I have to turn the car around. You know, I've already started the pump. You know, you have to either have somebody hold it or. I've done it, but it's like with electric cars, the possibility of where they're putting the charger is endless. You know, I think Nissan, I think, puts it up in the front grill, or maybe they don't. Have, maybe the, the Raya doesn't, but the Leaf does. GM likes them on the front fender, on the driver's side fender, which I think is a stupid, a terrible location because now you've got the 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 charging cord bumping your door if you're trying to get like if you have a long charging cord mm-hmm. you can't get into your car you gotta leg over the thing get in your car without hitting the charge cord and you know depending on where you, how you park it, I, I i think it's a terrible location i don't know why people like that i think lucid does that as well but a lot of the gms are set up like that tesla are all in the back driver's side corner that's that's where they're right every single tesla is set up the same way where the they're key all in the back so the the Kia so is, makes, the Kia has been doing the the backside but on the passenger side, 
you know, uh, sort it, it, of... right. So it's there's this it, there's this whole inconsistency, and clearly, since you know, going back to you know the last hundred years with gas cars, there's there's been no initiative, and you think there would be to to make that a standardized thing. You know, all cars have gas cars, but they never did, it, and and it's never been that much of a problem. But with charging, and you see people trying to pull in, and you see a guy pull in, he has to get out, turn the car. Like I've seen it. You know, you're like, oh, this score doesn't reach. You have to turn around and, you know, uh, it, it's just there's, there's no consistency to it. So in, in, in Tesla has always made their cords the same way. And it's I'm sure it's a cost savings for them, too, because you don't need, you know, every foot of every foot you add to the charge cable is it's precious metals in that charge cable. There's copper, there's, you know, I, I imagine there's other like titanium and all kinds of things because you need to have. A very thick copper cable, and that's, you know, which yeah, especially for the DC the fast charger, right? Right, and and there's also cooling systems in those hoses, so it, it's all expense. You know, you, you would think that just for expense, just to cut down on, on the expense it costs to build a, a charging station, that there would be a standardization for this. And it, and it's it's not like the gas like a gas car. You can't just easily change. The location of the gas door because the gas tanks underneath the car and there's packaging you know underside packaging there's interior packaging you'd have to run a tube up to where you know where it is to to an actual physical tube for the fluid to go down with electric you can kind of move that around as you wish it's not as it's it's not as much of a disruption to the design of the car mm -hmm. so you would think that they would people that they would start adopting and moving toward you know moving them into one location kind of come to an agreement as to where it should be uh, you would hope so. You know. Well, you know, before we go off uh, onto um, uh, our, our sort of main topic today, um, I did want to kind of add one more thing that uh, uh, Honda and uh, Honda Acura have have announced that uh, you know they've got some agreements with EVGo and Electrify America, which are two of the big um, charging um, companies that are, are building out the infrastructure, and uh, so customers who are buying. Their vehicles can uh, choose uh, uh, from, I think it's three different packages that they have as to what kind of add-on package that you want with charging credits. And uh, so it would kind of facilitate moving around uh, from one to the other, um, you know, uh, uh, as, you, as you use their app for charging, um, you'll have multiple choices as you go around from one to the, to the other. And um, I, apparently they're the first one uh, to offer customers the credits across multiple networks like that, in, at least in the United States anyway. So uh, so that's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting how you know we're beginning to see more and more of, of how um, this is spreading out, you know, and, and how electri the electrification of vehicles is, is creating new ways in which uh, the collaborations and, and uh, new ways of doing things. So with that, let's like let's go over to your little jaunt with the uh, Kia EV6. You had that for a week or uh, recently. So what was that like? Oh, the car is lovely. I mean, as far as it, it, Kia, Hyundai Kia really is getting it with the electric cars. You know, mm -hmm. and everyone GM and Ford like to suck up a lot of the you know attention when it comes to these things. You know, there's always that's always the first thing you it's either a story about the lightning or, or, you know, what GM's up to, but Hyundai has just been quietly adding, you know, uh, they started with like the EV six and, 
you go on different brands. You got the Kia EV6, you got the Hyundai Ionic, you've got um I'm trying to think what else they've got coming out. Of course the the uh, the Kia Nero. Yeah. Well and with the Ionic so, they've got both the five and the six. Uh, yeah, right. So you can get it in sedan or hatchback form basically. Mm-hmm. Um Well the E V the E V six that you were driving though was a GT version, wasn't it? Yeah, but like I was saying, you know, there's these cars they don't I don't know if it's just they get enough attention or, or, you know, it does have sort of a futuristic styling that might put some people off, but the key, the EV6 is a great uh, EV. If you're, if you're just jumping into it, I mean, you've got plenty of range. You've got, I mean, I'm talking about the regular EV6, not even, not even the, uh, the GT, you know, it's got a ton of range. It's got, it's comfortable. It's got great tech. It's got great standard safety tech. It's, it's fun to drive. You know, you, you, that's one of the worries of your cars. Like, as they get, you know, they're heavy, they carry a lot of weight, and some use that to their advantage, but it's still not like as, as you know, the, the reason a Miata is fun is because it's not the luxury of it, it's because it's just this lightweight, you know, tossable, fun-to-drive car that you can get into and, you know, hit a backcountry road and, you know, a little bit uh, spirited driving, and it's it's not heavy. Right. It's not a heavy car. Some people, A lot of people like that, so I think the, the EV6 hides that weight pretty well especially when you get the, the gt it has this well to start it it's 576 horsepower at the peak so wow. you have this little button on the on the on the steering wheel it's a little green button it says gt on it and you know you gotta hit that button to unlock that power but 576 horsepower 545 pound feet of torque 545 pound feet of torque in a car that's the size of like a ford fusion maybe hmm. smaller yeah. you know it doesn't sound like it's a, it's remarkable that anyone. Okay. So uh, just driving a Kia that has that much power. If you told somebody 10 years ago, yeah, you know, I'll be driving a Kia with 500 horsepower, 600 horsepower. They'd laugh at me. Right. You'd have to get a, you'd have to get a must, a Shelby Mustang to get that power level. It's so true. You know, and, and it, and it's, it's crazy to me. But the other nice thing about the car, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, tech, but it's also very usable in the interior. It's not like a, it's not as overwhelming or as devoid as, say, like the, the a, a Tesla Model 3. You know, some people love the Tesla Model 3. Some people don't want any, you know, they want buttons. They want, you know, they want sort of that tactile feeling and, and, and a little bit of a kind of best of both worlds, you know. Right. Yeah, it's got a nice clean look inside, you know, if you take a look at some of the photographs. Uh, the right. And, you know, it includes, it, it includes a lot of tech. It's got the 12, the 12 inch uh, touchscreen display with navigate, even at the base level, you know, and, and to be clear that the base level, the rear wheel drive base level car is only 167 horsepower and like 250 pound feet of torque, which even that is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. uh, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is, that, that that's, that's a pretty good amount of power. And with that, you still get at the base level, you get 232 miles of range and it, all of them, all models come with the, the uh, 800 volt DC fast charging capability. So, mm. so that alone, you know, we're not even at 800, we're not even close to 800 volt. I don't think with DC fast charge, especially not around here. Right. I think yeah, the fastest yeah. one up there is like 250. Yeah. So, I've never even seen 250 uh, uh, capability within the units that I plugged into. Um, I think I've gotten right. maybe, maybe up to like 125 or something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, we've got uh, the ones here, I think they're around here at 250, but I've never seen them charge at that output. 
I the most is like a hundred, you know, 150 that they put out hour right. for. So, but they charge fast on that. I can't imagine charging one, you know, at its full capacity. It it it'd probably be just minutes. <laughs> you know, it, it is minutes, I guess. But well, that's know. that's one of those things that you know you, you kind of really want to point out when people ask you questions about you know EVs, which I'm sure you get them, I get them all the time, and that's that, you know. Ordinarily, you're not going to be sit, sitting there, you know, charging up to 100. Um, percent know, That last 20 percent, after you get over 80 percent, generally, the charging speed really slows down quite a bit. So, you know, theoretically, if you're going to be going out on a longer drive, you kind of want to know where you're going to be at at about 80, you know, 80 percent. How many miles you're going to have, and kind of work from there. Um, and that's also like kind of that nice spot where you can pull into a charging. Um, station, let's say at a rest stop that has a, a restaurant and facilities, and you know, in about 20 minutes, if you're down to about 10 percent or so, you know, you're going to be able to charge up to 80 percent in that 20 minutes or so, and um, you know, that's kind of ideal. You know, sure, you you plug in, you go inside, you get something to eat, you know, grab a sandwich and a beverage, and maybe use the facilities, come back out to your car, get yourself comfortable, and you're ready to go again. Uh, you know that makes sense, especially yeah. for long distance travel. And and uh, you know, I mean, under some circumstances, you know, you, you might want to just pull in and fill up and blast out of there. You know, uh, when you're when you're on um, traveling. But ordinarily, you know, after a few hours of driving, you kind of want to take a few minutes just to gather <laughs> gather your physical body back together and stand up and stretch and do those things that just kind of makes the drive a little bit more comfortable, especially if you're going to be out you know, driving for four to six hours or something like that. Right. And and that's always been the myth of eat. One of the myths from these is, is that, Oh, you have to stop and charge for a half hour. Yeah. But you do anyway. I mean, if you're driving a gas car, you, if they're a long trip, you, you know, people who don't like EVs, they like to make out that they're, you know, nomads roaming the highways of America driving 400 miles a day. You know, it always comes back to that. Well, most people drive 30 miles a day, average. You know, so when you yeah, get these documents, it's right. kind of funny. It's like, well, I, I could drive my, I could drive my uh, gas car from, you know, New York to Florida in one sitting. It's like, well, nobody does. You won't. Yeah, yeah. When was you the last time will, you did you know? that? Yeah. I, I, could, I could drive from, you know, 400 miles without taking a break. You can't do that in an electric car. But nobody does that. I'm not in the Cannonball Run. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. driving cross country and pull, you know, check trying to break a record it's well you know i i I do that 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 you know that sort of mythology that goes with that you know in reality the manufacturers probably would be pretty comfortable with with building cars out to be able to get at least 300 miles on yeah that's that's a good spot but there are some now like look at the lucid air you know we're talking some that will be well over 400 maybe even over 500 miles you know so that well, argument it's a mute it's a moot argument you know as far as that goes that you know you can't do it with an electric yeah vehicle. i'm driving the um the mercedes eqs right now and that is that's about 340 see, yeah yeah because yeah, it's the uh so i have not had a hint of range anxiety with this thing it, it's it's not even a thought mm-hmm. driving this car and i've been driving it regularly uh not even, not even, not even coming to my mind. It's funny because with the Kia EV6, I had a little bit of a, a, a problem, so to speak. Uh, when they dropped the car off, they, they didn't check 
to make sure that the charge the charge plug, all these cars, they all come with a house, you know, 120 volt. Uh, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. They don't all come with it. You have to order it. I think, as a matter of fact, on the Kia, I think you have to order that as a separate. So if you want the house, the regular charge plug, you, you do have to order it on some models. But typically, when they drop these cars off in the press fleet, they all have. So, you know, it's never a, a second thought. Mm -hmm. But somebody had forgot to put it in the car when uh, uh, when they dropped it off, which is fine. I mean, you know, as long as I know, but I didn't know until yeah, I didn't notice until I went to put some juice in the car. Uh, I drove the car, you know, regularly for a couple of days, you know, as I normally would. I think it was like two or three days. I didn't even notice that the plug wasn't there. And then when the car was down or like, hundred miles of range. I, I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll plug it in tonight and let it charge for a couple nights. And to, of course the plug wasn't there. Oh, now the, the, the closest charging station to me is 40 miles away. It's, 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 it's a 45 minute drive. Well, no, actually it's an hour drive. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's about an hour drive. Uh, that could have been trouble. In Manchester, sure. Hampton. Right. So, uh, so I had an event. It was an automotive event to go to, that happened to be 30 miles from my house. So the event was 30 miles from my house and the charging station was 70 miles from this event. Exactly. So I had a hundred and I think three miles of range. I had to go 30 miles and then drive 70 miles to the charger. So it's like a hundred miles right on the dot. Like I would be at the charger with no miles. So, you know, I, with AAA I, card in hand, I said, uh, you know what, let's, let's, let's see what, let's test this. Fortunately, it was beautiful. Like the weather was perfect. So the, I didn't have to use the heat at all. That's a bet. That's a bonus. Cause right. heat will sap about, ten, you know, depending on the car, will sap like 10 to what, 20 miles of range, mm -hmm. depending on how much you use it. So I didn't have to use the heat. I had the sunroof open and, you know, so it was a nice day. You know, I, I, I uh, and where I am is a lot of back roads, not highway. I'm not bombing this thing out. Although going from the event to, there's two routes you could take. One is highway, one is back roads. But I'm, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rush. So, uh, you know, I, I, I get there, and, and it's right as you predicted. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, at the point where I got there, it was like dead on at 70 miles of range left. And and I'm telling you, it was like 70 miles. 70 miles to your destination so um i i leave the place I'm, I'm driving out and it's like the when i restarted the car the range recalculated and it was two miles below what i had so it was at 68 miles of range for a 70 mile drive and i'm like oh this is gonna be fun so i'm driving down this this event was on a on a mountain on the side of a mountain just rolling down the mountain added two miles of range oh, to you. the car wow <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is that's funny. Like literally, I was on the regen the whole way down this road, and it added two miles of range. So I'm taking back roads. I'm not, not freaking. You know, I'm not worried about it. I, if worst case, I'll have the car triple in to where I need to go. Actually, uh, the irony is, I was more worried about what I was going to find at the charging station, because this goes back to what we were just talking about—the unpredictability. This charging station, this EV Go cha uh, charger, used to be great. No, no, I'm sorry, it's Electrify America. Electrify America. It used to be a great, like, always reliable, always up, always spot. And it got popular really fast because it's the only DC fast charger in central New Hampshire. And 
it got really popular really quick and now it's been just reliability has been up and down oh, half the time there's at least two that aren't working and and i've emailed electrify america you know it, it's like why is this it's such a popular station why is it so badly maintained yeah. so so that was my biggest worry so listen peter we're about at our destination i think too so uh, i think we'll right. have to call it a wrap at wrap this point yeah all right, well, just to sum up the whole story, I ended up making, I took back roads and I ended up making it there with 25 miles of range left <laughs> on the car, oh, which I was going to get to. Bonus. Just the efficiency of the car was so, un like, the, versus what it was saying, the efficiency of the yeah, that's what I was going to get at. It, it just astounded me that I had 25 miles of range left when I shouldn't have, you know, and that was the, the bottom line. And, uh, mm -hmm. but then I, uh, the guy there with a the brick Rivian, we'll have to talk about that next time. He blew up the ch one of the chargers, literally, physically, like, puff of smoke blew out one of the chargers with a Rivian. But uh, story for another time. Yeah, that's a story for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, All right. Well, it's been it's been good. So uh, we'll look forward to another one of these in another week. Yeah. So, uh, yep. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to check out our website, rpmnewsweekly.com. And find us on social media. We need people to start subscribing to our RPM News Weekly uh, YouTube channel. So we need to get... Uh, that's you know, for sure. Get over there on YouTube and give us some likes and, you know, that stupid YouTube algorithm crap. Right. And but, uh, Rich, we'll see you next week. Yeah, okay. I also want to mention is that if you've got a uh, podcast feed, you can pick us up on Pandora. EV Power Podcast yeah. is on Pandora. And also you could just grab our feed and put it into any of your news feed that, uh, that you have. Nice. All right, so be well, Peter. All right, you too. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on the EV Power Podcast. If you'd like to hear more automotive news that goes behind the headlines, check out our other podcast, RPM News Weekly. Or visit us at rpmnewsweekly.com. 